0: Hello and welcome to the King's Your podcast. It's Rich Town. It is me, Producer Ross. Your ears are not deceiving you. Um, the world isn't over, but um, I've been given the host chair this week and uh, yeah, hopefully it goes well. Um, I'm joined as ever by my adopted dads, I'll say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've travelled we to Germany together um, and we've gone to Exeter together. So pretty much you're my dad's now. So <laughs> first of all, I'm going to introduce the man who's laughing at the moment, and that is good old Hutchie. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing, my friend? Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know what to say to that. Um, it's, a, it's an honour to be one of, your, one of your two adopted dads. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of you, son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And my other adopted dad who's um, seen me wake up like that in Germany... And that is good old Stu. Stuart Watson, how you doing, my friend? I'm OK. I feel
2: like that needs some more explanation, Ross. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for those who remember listening to the podcast around the, the time of the Germany trip, Ross does a really weird thing where he wakes up from sort of naught to hundred at the <laughs> of the fingers. A bit like, do you remember when Tyson Fury was down on the canvas and he did that sort of rising yeah. from the dead sitting up moment that's how Ross
0: wakes up every day sometimes I think it depends if I'm in a different maybe bed I'm just sort of more alert I'm like what's going on so so yeah
2: I'm good mate I'm good and I'm I'm liking you being in the host chair it feels right
0: Mm, I don't think this will be a regular occurrence of course good old Heathy's back Heath probably my adopted I don't know uncle maybe (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because the uncle, you're my dad's. And then, yeah. But anywho, uh, let's get on to some Town stuff. Uh, this is does very he, Does he
2: put sort of money in, puts quite a lot of money in the card? And he yeah. kind of, um, he's encouraging you to drink probably younger yeah. than you should be. Is really? he his fun uncle?
0: Cool. Yeah. You know, you're, you're my fun dad, so, you know, it's a win-win for all of us.
2: <laughs> should we talk about football? <laughs> yeah, I think we should do.
0: Um, <laughs> and let's talk about the biggest story of the week, James Norwood, another injury blow. Um, I was not expecting this. I know he's had a bit of niggles in pre-season, but, you know, Hutch, I'll go over to you. You're the man in the know of James Norwood, so can you let people know what's been going on?
1: Yeah, he's joined. The, he's joined the injury list, which was beginning to... To shorten a little bit, um, with some players back in training, but but sadly, sadly he's on it now. Uh, a hamstring tear in training earlier this week, out for out for eight weeks, um, left training on crutches. And Ipswich were a striker down um, at a time when they're already Aaron Drynan down. So it, it, it's a bit of a blow. It's a real blow, I must say, um, particularly for for James himself and, and for the team. But um, Yep, they're going to have to make do with with Ollie Hawkins and Caden Jackson for the next next couple of months unless anything changes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Steele, what's your thoughts on this? It's
2: not ideal, is it? Yeah. Uh, it's going to spark, it's going to spark some new life into the what I know which' doing in terms of sports science and physiotherapy and stuff like that, which. As I've said before, I've got a great deal of sympathy with the current situation. You only have to look around the country at the amount of injuries that are happening. Everton last night had three players go off injured in in the League Cup. Um, we've talked about the stats of there being 20-odd percent rise in injuries. But um, it's it's a worry with Norwood, given the amount of football he missed last season with, with groin surgery. Now it's a hamstring thing. Hopefully it's just a... Uh, just a minor setback for him and, and isn't isn't going to be a sort of precursor to another injury hit campaign where he's going to be uh, half fit or, or not fit. But um, I guess Hawkins' performance last weekend kind of softens that blow. Jackson's back as an option off the bench. Might just open the door for someone like a Ben Falami, um, who, who's perhaps been forgotten about a little bit. Um, we'll see.
1: I think it's going to mean, mean that Jackson's... Coming back a little bit a little bit earlier than they hoped he's obviously been back in training, but I think they were hopeful of giving him perhaps another ten days from this point before he was thrown back into match day, maybe the Charlton game in um the middle of October, I think that's October the tenth was maybe one that he could have really been looking at being back for, but I that's think extent.
2: The fear with Jackson is, if because of the nature of the player, he is very explosive, full of pace. When you've just, you know, you've you've had the five month gap break, you've now had a pretty disrupted pre-season with injury. If you're throwing him in, in back soon, he he would be in the danger zone for sort of uh, picking up a muscle injury quite quickly. I, I would imagine. I'm no no sports scientist, but. Um, yeah, that there would be a fear with the type of player he is coming back too early and and having a setback. I'm I'm sure.
1: Absolutely, but I, I think he could. I think there's every chance he'll be on the bench at the weekend. And and um, when you're on the bench, you've, you've you're committed to playing then aren't you? So yeah, I think I think that is a real danger. But hopefully, hopefully, it's one they can shelter him from for a little bit longer, at least.
0: You know, the big question will be: Will town sign a player maybe we'll sign another striker will Keane still available will Will Keane come back
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst move I don't yeah. think on the on the right um on the right deal um he is still available he's a free agent could you do something short term with him something kind of how they did with James Wilson at the start of last season they did they did Wilson on a I think it was a five or a six month contract to start with and um he eventually earned another one um they they could do worse if they went into the market for another one, particularly the way that they're they're looking to play at the moment. He's he's kind of a, a less physical version of of Hawkins, isn't he? In terms of the link up play and and things like that. What do you reckon, Stu? Hadn't considered
2: it. Um, I think the squad's big as it is at the moment. You could start giving yourself a few too many problems if you if you keep sort of dipping into the market. Um, Keane played, if you think back to last season, some of their best performances was sort of during a period where they did go to the 4-3-3 briefly. I remember the the Coventry game. Don't ask me which one it was because they played Coventry every few days for a period. I think it was the cup game and they played 4-3-3 and Keane played at the tip of that strike force. And that was one of their best performances of the season because they used him as a proper sort of link up striker that kind of knitted everything together so yeah he's, he's not going to go win you the headers and battle center halves but he'll certainly drop into those pockets of space and and do the link up play that that Dryden was doing mm. so well earlier in the season
1: Dazelle um, played in that Coventry game as well in yeah. in a, in that kind of role so it it maybe was a little look to the future that one
2: Maybe we'll we'll see um yeah Hawkins, first and foremost, is hopefully just going to get a good good long run in the side to uh, to bed himself in. And, um, yeah, we'll see. Like you say, it's, it's got to be the right money, hasn't it? And maybe Keane, he's, I think he's been doing, he went on trial, did he, at Wigan for a little while. So he's been keeping himself in, in good nick and has played a few pre-season games. So, um, and there might, there might be other options as well. They're, they're looking at low, the, the low market and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. It maybe opens the possibility for a striker.
0: Do you think Freddie Sears could maybe go up, play up front on his own, or is that too much for him? You know, with the the system we're playing. He, he's obviously
1: a striker. He's played much of his career as a striker. I'm not. He could. He could. I just. I remember. I think it was. I think it was in the depths of the the really tough times at the end of Mick McCarthy's time at the club. Um, they played Cardiff at home. I think it, I think it was soon after the 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 Norwich incident, and he played he played as a lone striker in that game, and he did all the links, the link stuff, the neat the neat play. But they lacked they lacked any kind of goal threat whatsoever that night, and that that's kind of stuck with me a little bit with Freddie in in that lone lone striker role, May, maybe. Maybe it would be different in this particular side. It's a d it's a team that's set up differently to to that team at the end of the Mick, Mick McCarthy era. But he certainly can do it. Whether that's what they want him to be doing, I'm I'm a bit less sure because right now he although he's on Stu's Amber warning system <laughs> l- l- light in terms of his, his place in the side, um he's very much become that wide forward. So Maybe he would be the reason that they don't go out and recruit because he can be he can be the the third the third choice in that in that regard maybe.
0: John and Stu, do you want to just anything else want to add before we move on? Not, not really. I think Sears
2: as the as the focal point wouldn't wouldn't be for me. I think that would be an emergency option. But if they're looking to go out and sign a a left sided winger, which we think they are, then like you say, that then frees up Sears to kind of go into the. The striking mix. So, if uh, if that gets them through the next few months, then um, I I'd be inclined to go down that route. Really, I don't think you should be going over bloating this squad. I think it would be maybe a bit of a panic move to go out and and sign two players uh, in the next in the next week or mm-hmm. so.
1: It is it is only it is only two months as well. And we wouldn't be we wouldn't be having this conversation if uh, if Aaron Drynan was fit. Would we in terms of um, needing to recruit, and he hopefully is a couple of weeks into his two-month uh, recovery from is it thigh injury with mm-hmm. with and I'm I'm losing track of these, yeah. but um, he he's maybe six weeks away from being available again. So yeah, Stu's probably right. Um, you don't want to you don't want to panic buy and then and then go in and give someone a one year contract for example and then suddenly find that you've got Drynan and Norwood back in two months and you've got four strikers for one position. But that that's maybe why I would maybe maybe I would think about Will Keane because could could you could these are very uncommon these days but he is the kind of candidate for a kind of old school month to month. Month-to-month contract, which maybe might come back into fashion at the moment, with so many footballers out, out of work, because he know he know, he knows the club to use the uh, to use the wonderful cliche. He he would be maybe a candidate for that, but doesn't happen very often that kind of deal. Yeah.
2: I mean, two months doesn't sound very long, but I'm just looking at the fixtures here. It's 13 games before the end of November. So that is a fair old chunk of the season. If we're talking about sort of, you know, you're not, not going to probably ask Olly Hawkins to, I, I don't know, maybe you can, you've, oh, Hawkins to play sort of start and complete all 90 of those. If there's fears about sort of Jackson being quite ready and then, then you're looking at Sears as your kind of makeshift third choice option there, some tricky games on the horizon. You you, you know, you treat, treat this next couple of months lightly at your peril. So um yeah, I, I'm I'm in two minds as to whether they should do something here. It's it's a balancing act for Lambert as to making sure that he's he's well equipped for an important couple of months, but also not kind of over bloating the squad and leaving himself too many too many headaches in terms of man management. Tricky one, this.
0: Cool. All right, then. let's move on. And uh, one month of football is done. We're now the on the first of October today, which is just mad. It's just crazy, um, and uh, the first player of the month was awarded to Andre Zell, In my opinion, a worthy winner. My boy Guillaume was, I think, very close second. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think you a well deserved winner?
2: Do sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, I wrote something for the website yesterday. I think it, it 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 was a very close run thing for me between him and and John Nolan. Um, Firstly, how nice is it that we're talking about there being several candidates, genuine candidates for Player of the Month? There have been times in the past, I'm sure, where the club have kind of put together their their four players for the vote and have really been thinking, who can who can we chuck in here to kind of make up the four? This time, I think the four they had was, was Dazelle, Nolan, Bishop and Enciala. You've mentioned Edwards, who could genuinely have been a candidate in there. A couple of goals, impact off the bench. He's been lively. James Wilson has been part of a, a solid back four that's kept clean sheets. I think both Ward and Chambers have, have been really solid and made some important contributions. You could go through a lot of that team. and if he hadn't got injured, would certainly have been been in the running as well. So that's, re- that's all really positive um, and shows you that this has been a team effort so far. But for me... Dezel has kind of been at the very heart of this new 4-3-3 system and playing out from the back. He's the one that kind of makes them tick. He's the one that's um, getting the ball off the defence and getting these forward passes. And, um, yeah, I'm just really pleased for him because he's he's had a really tough few years with with the injury and then never really getting a run in the side. And um, he's finally playing in his, his best position. And... Uh, his confidence is growing, so um, yeah, that's that's where my vote would have gone.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably agree with that as much for in terms of in terms of performances. I think I think Giselle and Nolan are pretty much level level pegging in terms of their actual performance on the field. But I think I think kind of for for what it means for what this last month has meant for Andre Dizel personally and and the the jump. I know it's only a month. We can't get too carried away about about what this means going forward. But the the jump that he seemingly made in his in his career over this last month, becoming a a regular starter, he's got this bespoke role in the team that seems to be made for him. Everything goes through him, um, and I think for that reason, I think that's the reason he's he's deserving of it because he, he's made the most the most progress um, in the, in that month. But it, like Stu says, it is such a good sign that we're talking about. Players that didn't even make a four-man shortlist. Stephen Ward's the one that that I would have had, had on there, probably ahead of um, probably ahead of Toto for for the Player of the Month award. Um, but but yeah, there's six, seven, eight of them that could could quite comfortably have been on there uh, had they had they had that short shortlist.
0: Okay, now shall we um, move on? To should we move on to the strike.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of The Strike! Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth,
0: producer Ross! One host chair to another here. It's, uh, very strange. Here we go. Normal format. Didn't switch up for this week. But, um, I thought too complicated for me. So Always boys, it's the same. same. Yeah, we're the same. Yeah. Last on the past. My boy Neil Thompson, who I got <laughs> um, to Ross meets. Got a lot of boys. Lot of boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's your uh, fancy
1: football team, just called yeah. Ross's Boys.
0: Was his boys, basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he uh, turns 57 this week. 57? Birthday. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, he joined town in 1989. I wasn't even born. But, uh, but from which team back then? Was it Scarborough, Hartlepool or Boston United? Hmm.
1: I'm going to say Scarborough. And say to make it interesting, I'll say Hartlepool
0: is Scarborough.
1: Not even a real team anymore, are they? They, uh, I don't think so. They were, they were a football league team for, for um, most of my childhood.
0: Yeah, Neil Warnock was the manager, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, now, yeah, unfortunately, there, yeah, not a thing. But a nice, nice day out, Scarborough. My my granddad used to go there a lot and used to tell me them stories of him going to Scarborough with my nan. Little fun fact there for you. <laughs> didn't, Neil, <laughs> didn't Neil Thompson manage them as well? Yeah, he managed them. Yeah, yeah. That was his first, I think, his first little management job. Or no, maybe second after York City. A little, little. Yeah, he's now at Sheffield Wednesday as the a youth coach. Was, yeah. there, was he,
2: hmm?
1: Sorry. Was he a good one? Uh, I, yeah. I, I must say I've not listened to that edition of Ross Meets. Is that is that a good one that people should be going back and listening to?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, he's a good, he's good character. Um, of course, he was, um, you couldn't believe I was chatting to him because like, You weren't even alive when I played for town and you're wanting to interview me. But I thought, you know, it's still a little fun little thing to do, you know, find about your career. But yeah. Town flashback. Paul Taylor turns 33 today. Now, in, earlier in his career, he spent time in a different country playing football. So, which country was this? Was it Holland, Switzerland or Belgium? So, he played for three different teams in this country in, early in his career. He played for Vauxhall Motors before going to this country. Vauxhall Motors. What, what a name.
1: <laughs> yep. Is
0: it, was
2: it <laughs> me, is it me first? Yes. I, I, I've got a sneaky feeling
1: it's Belgium. Okay. Yeah, I've I have a similarly sneaky feeling. I couldn't tell you any of the clubs, but it is a bit sneaky.
2: Well, there was this was like a trend at the time, I think, that there was a few a few players sort of going over to Belgium for loan spells. I think Man United were kind of sending a lot of their kids over. They had a, a link. Yeah, Antwerp, yeah. yeah, that's right. So that was around that sort of time. Um, are we right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: One of the clubs was Anderlecht, but he never played a game for them. So, yeah, what he actually other- won a move. He went to um, fourth tier in Germany. Uh, in, no, no, Belgium, sorry, for like Montigny or wherever the team is. And then, then he joined Ant- Anderlecht. So he did really well for that team. He scored like 13 goals and 18 appearances. And then he went to Anderlecht, but never played for them. So there you go.
1: What, what was the other team? Uh, Charleroi, Charleroi, Ah uh, Charleroi,
0: Charleroi. Okay, uh, yeah.
1: Didn't eng- Didn't England play a um, a European Championship game there? I think that might that might possibly have been where the water cannons happened. How oh, was oh, it? But potentially. Anyway, we digress. Oh, Paul Taylor. Paul yeah. Taylor, the player they ended up getting
2: because they really wanted George Boyd, but the double <laughs> deal the double deal fell through and they ended up paying well over the odds for Paul Taylor on deadline day. Complete panic signing by Paul Jewell, one and a half million.
0: Um, one goal in 25 games. Um,
2: another player who's off-field uh, antics, overshadowed what he did on the pitch. All I remember about him is getting snapped by some fans standing on a on a train station eating a subway as players, were, as the fans were turning up at a ground and I can't, it was somewhere up north. People remind me, Blackpool, maybe? I don't remember. He was, he literally gone to the ground and then turned around and gone home. So he was heading in the opposite direction as the fans were turning up.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, he scored his only goal against, um, against Blackpool for Richwich. So, so he's celebrating with a subway after scoring
2: I don't know if it was Blackpool. Someone will. I'll. I'll, I'll yeah. find out the details on this. We'll return mm-hmm. to this later in the pod.
0: Okay. Number's game. Good old Emir Hughes celebrated his birthday this week. Now, how many appearances has he made so far for the Blues? Of course, one season. He uh, was injured the whole season, but yeah. Of course, closest to the correct answer gets the point. But,
2: sorry, what? I was googling who, we, who was the player. Was Hughes. Emir Hughes.
1: Okay. I think Emir Hughes has made 39 appearances okay. for Switch Town.
2: I think Emir Hughes has made, I think he had about 10 to 15 in the loan spell. Then a handful over a few seasons and then he's picked up a few more in the last calendar year he's going to be in the 30s i'll say 30 bang on
0: it's actually 46
1: Ah, okay oh we've underestimated him
0: yeah so yeah hutchie hutchie wins i've got a tiebreaker if you fancy it always always um of course we're playing mk dons this weekend and uh, that will come up later in the podcast of course we're doing a little preview on that a uh, little It'll segue for later on. Uh, but yes, uh, we won 1 0 there last season. John Nolan scoring the only goal. But who set up him for the goal? Was it who's himself? Luke Garbutt or my boy, Gwion Edwards?
1: <laughs> is, is Gwion Edwards just going to be referred to as my boy Pretty every much. single time? Pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, I think it was Emir Hughes.
2: Can I can I get the question again? What game was it?
0: M. K. Don's last season, one nil win. John Nolan scoring the only goal. Who set him up? Garbutt, Hughes, or Edwards? Uh, Hughes. It was Hughes. Good little good cross into the box, and Nolan was there to finish. Basically. Yeah.
1: So it's a good job we didn't need a tiebreaker then.
0: No, because then, yeah, I would have been buggered, like, on the strike, on the live pod. But anywho, um, (laughs) Baza, good old Barry, um, who's nowhere to be seen in the first team, but he is on the strike every week. So, take it away, my friend.
2: Hi, guys, Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show.
0: So, fun and games there. Let's get into some more fun and video games. The FIFA 21 ratings were out this week. Uh, FIFA 21 is out next week. So, I'm not plugging for you to buy FIFA. I'm just saying it's out next week. Um, but still, you did a story on this, the ratings.
2: But, yeah, but if they do want to send you a free copy, you, you would yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. You, yeah, yeah. you would be okay with that. Also, Mark Heath is going to be listening to this and absolutely <clears throat> sweating over that excellent segue that you just uh, you've just thrown in there, um, good work. Clever. Um, FIFA ratings, yeah, you're you're the you're the FIFA gamer here, Ross. Amongst mm-hmm. us, what
0: what are the players going to be happy about these these ratings uh, for League One? I think so. Well, definitely, like James Norwood he's got a decent you know level card, and I think even kvy as well could have been better maybe but overall it's good to see that drizzy's in the game again now um and darba as well you know but yeah should we have a little fun game of um high or lower Geo, i don't yeah. think he's seen the ratings yet has he i've not um uh i must i must
1: confess my fifa days are are behind me. I'm going to be the old, the miserable old man here who doesn't know what he's on about. I did play FIFA about a year ago with my, with my brother, uh, for a bit. Did you win? No, definitely oh. not. Definitely <laughs> not. He's he's much better than me, much 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 better than me at FIFA. Right. I've got a, I've got a link to a website that Ross has sent me, called Footbin. You're <laughs> you're bra- you're brave opening a link that, that he sent you. <laughs> uh, which has
2: a little graph of the, the stats of the Ipswich Town players so I'm going to give you a little test here Andy okay bear with me so let's start with, let's start with one on pace who is quicker Genoi Danassian
1: or Teddy Bishop Ooh. can I just ask one question Are the, do they know what they're on about with these ratings to well, any kind of level
0: um, somewhat. Um, I think there is, like, proper, like, people who are designated to every team to, like, basically <laughs> give them ratings and all that, but it's probably somewhat just random as well.
1: Because I'd I'd say that Teddy Bishop is, Teddy Bishop's quicker than, than Janoi Denassian in a foot you race. Would, you would say that, would you? Well, according I probably to, would. According to FIFA, Janoi Danassian is the fourth quickest
2: player at Ipswich Town with a 78 pace rating. Teddy oh. Bishop la- lagging quite far behind on 70, which is a significant gap in FIFA terms.
1: Okay. Well, Janoi's so... not, not slow, but I definitely would have put... Would you? Would you have put Teddy ahead of him? Um,
2: possibly. I don't know. But this, this is the sort of thing that, that will irk
1: players. Yeah. They, they'll go away and uh, not be they'll... happy about things. Do you think they'll race each other now? just teddy and Janoy. go on then let's have a let's prove it prove it <laughs> and then go out and have a race yeah that's like how you it. tear groins
2: yeah on a night out like have you ever done that in a pub sort of got in a heated debate and then have to go outside and and sort of let's let's prove this once and for all in your in your dancing shoes um nope just me
1: right <laughs> Part- <laughs> i don't own dancing shoes Everyone's got some dancing shoes. Not me.
2: Do you want another
1: one? I want loads more. I want all of them.
2: Who is a better passer of the ball? Is it? Marzi. I'm going to say, who shall I give you? Miles Kenlock. (laughs) Ross.
0: Sorry.
1: Or... Jack Lancaster. Ooh. Uh, it's got to be Jack Lancaster. It's not. Oh. It's miles. <laughs> miles has got fifty-seven. Jack has got fifty-two. Ooh. P- that's pathetic. Mm. More. Give me more.
2: More. I'll Might give, give you one more. Give you some physicality. Who first of all? Who is top of the physicality stats?
1: Is it Toto? Yes, Toto. Yeah, the or kid. 80, eighty-five. Or oh. is is this the one speaking. where Akin Fenwar is like, like Is he ninety-nine? Is that kind of how he's yeah, how Fenwar. he's made? He's made his money by being Mister Ninety-Nine strength. The Beast.
0: His nickname. All right, let's have a little look. Uh, I'm going to say,
2: who is stronger or more physical? Is it
1: Luke Chambers or James Norwood? Ooh. Now I could see these two definitely having a little wrestle to uh, to sort this one out. I'm I'm going to go Norwood. Incorrect. Once again, oh. Chambers seventy-eight, Norwood
2: seventy-one.
1: Oh. that's quite a big difference as well, isn't it? Is this uh, how is this how Norwood's done his groin? He's not happy with all of his
0: pretty all much of yeah. his
1: FIFA ratings. He's like, I can run faster than you. I can wrestle you. I can rock bottom you and mess it about like that. Is that how this has happened?
2: Ah, uh, yes, yeah,
1: that's what's happened. Uh, disclaimer: The answer is is no. That, <laughs> that that's not what happened. But
2: that's that's my fun game, Ross. It's over.
0: Pleasure. Good. Good. All right. I'm... Let's move on to real-life stuff then. Um, MK Dons, Stadium MK, this weekend, fourth League One game of the season. Cam Town make it four wins in a row. Four 2-0 wins in a row. Four clean sheets in a row. Say in a row, one more time. Um, But how are you guys feeling going into this game? MK Dons not had a good start to their season. How are you feeling going into this game, Hutchie?
1: That it's another one they should win. Yeah. Um, MK Dons always have a reputation for playing for playing decent football, and it sounds like that's still that's still the case under Russell Martin, um, formerly of of uh, of Carrow Road, of course. Mm-hmm. But but um, yeah, I, I, I go I go into it thinking it's another one that they that they should be winning. Um, the Norwood thing worries me slightly, mm-hmm. uh, given that. That they'll lack a, a bench option, which I which I like as a bench option when he's been there as someone that can come in and mix things up a little bit and cause a little bit of chaos. That that worries me slightly. May, maybe leaves me thinking that they're going to have to maybe win this one and not rely on second half goals this time. But I think they're perfectly capable, perfectly capable of doing that against a team that haven't haven't started particularly well. Um, and that's just where we're we're at with Ipswich at the moment. It's it's an unusual feeling thinking that they should be going to games and and winning. Um, but that's just how that's just how I feel about a game at MK Dons. They've got some good players though, particularly there's some a couple of strikers there that I've always always liked the look of in in Carlton Morris um, being one of them. Always quite liked him. He's still on loan from Norwich, I think, but uh, a good player. And Ben Gladwin is a m- midfielder. of Watched a fair bit in my my days watching Swindon. Um, he's a good creative player, very, very injury prone, really struggles with injuries. But he's kind of a maybe a John Nolan type, who's, who when he's on on song, he's he's really good to watch. But possibly my favourite footballer of all time plays for MK Dons, uh, and will play for MK Dons forever. Um, <laughs> the Dean. Dean Lewington and it is always always a pleasure to see him play football
0: he's 36 now isn't
1: he? he'll he live forever don't yeah. don't worry about him
0: <laughs> well Richard Keogh's there now as well didn't he so they may be a partnership on the weekend maybe Ke-
2: Keogh's not fit yet I don't think it was um it was uh I think he's not played yet and I think he's he's not not quite there yet that would be a defensive partnership that would maybe be lacking
1: a little in pace wouldn't it yes um, he, did, he did he did play at the weekend he came on did he? Okay. He, played, he played six minutes but oh. you'd, you'd, you'd think he still won't be starting this game but but um yeah he is he is, he is risen yeah.
2: I think this will be a step up for Ipswich in terms of what they've faced so far but ultimately probably a bit like the Rochdale game where I think MK will have Periods in the game where they'll keep the ball really well. Looking at the stats of their games, they they do have a, a decent amount of possession. They're probably just lacking the cutting edge. They lost Rhys Healy, their top goal scorer of last season, made a real sort of surprise move to Toulouse in France. Um, he scored t- 12 goals for them last season. Alex Gilby's another big departure for them, signed by Charlton. He, he got five goals from midfield last year. So it's been a big turnover of, of players for them. I was just watching um, Russell Martin's pre-match press conference before I came on here. He's, despite the results, really pleased with how they're playing. Um, he's just run through their five fixtures. They lost 1-0 to Coventry in the EFL Cup. Martin said they were excellent. They missed a penalty. A mistake led to the goal. They they beat Northampton 3-1 in the trophy. Outstanding dominant was, was Martin's uh, words on that one. They drew one all at Doncaster, which... Considering how well Doncaster have started, looks like a good point. We were really, really good. They had two shots on goal, um, scored one of them. We could have won it late on. Um, then they lost 2 1 at home to Lincoln. Again, Martin says completely dominant, bad refereeing decision, got hit by a sucker punch on the counter. And then last weekend, they lost 2 0 at Crew, which um, was a different sort of story in terms of, you know, very disappointing. We had an off day. Um, lots of things we can learn from that. So the the noises being made from their camp is that they've been playing a lot better than the results have suggested. And uh, they feel like that first league win isn't too far away and there's confidence going into this game. Um, as I said, I think they'll probably be a bit like Rochdale in that there'll be times in the game where... Where they'll they'll play quite well, but ultimately I think it's which will have the, the greater quality and the, the greater cutting edge to uh to get the job done as they have done in these first first few
1: games.
0: Cool. So predictions. Hachi, what
1: are you going for? Um, I predict an, an unchanged team yeah. to start with, and I will predict I think the clean sheet I think the clean sheet run might go. Um but I think they might edge it edge it two one.
0: Or are you saying let's
1: Saint-Eleven? And... Yeah, I think it has to be an, un,
2: an unchanged team. Um, in terms of the score, I think I'll go for a 1-0 this time. I think this might be a bit more of a, a hard-fought, slightly nervier one. Um, MK haven't given up many opportunities. I think they've got, uh, there's only three teams that have conceded less shots on target than them so far. So that shows you that they're, um, they're, they three five two, they're they're pretty well organised, they'll keep the ball for long periods. I do think Ipswich will get the job done, but um perhaps not as comfortably as some of the other games. I'll go for one nil.
0: Okay.
1: But you you need to make yours, Ross, as well. You're the uh, you're the prediction king.
0: Ooh. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two nil again. Why not? Four two nils in a row, another clean sheet. You know, my boy Guion scoring again as well, 'cause why not? Why not indeed? Why not? But um, any other business before we say goodbye?
1: No other business. No other business.
0: Well, thank you very much, Hachi and Stu, for joining me as ever. Um, hopefully I haven't been as bad hosting than I first thought. I was doing this practicing in the mirror before coming on, making sure I got my intro right. But of course, we had to do that a couple of times because I was butchering it. But um, anyway, before I ramble on any more, Thank you all for listening once again. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us and all the podcast providers. There's so many, are not there now? So many. Too many. Um, too many. Too many. And um, Give us a, a five-star review. Let me know what you thought of my hosting. Hopefully it wasn't too bad. But um, until next time, we shall all see you, listen to you, hear us you on Monday. From true crime to football, Brexit to post For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.